Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 67. I'm your host, Em, and with me is regular co-host, Jackson. Hello! And we're here to talk about video games. Finally, you're free. You're done with your schoolwork just in time to go back to school, Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, I got an extension in all my schoolwork because of um, stuff that was going on in my life at the time when I had to actually hand it in. But instead of using that time, I just meant that I was anxious for longer. Yep. So. We make our own hells. That has never been more true. Uh, while you were off doing a bunch of schoolwork, I played some video games. You know what I played. What would you like me to talk about? How's No Man's Sky? So, I, I with the new expansion, I don't remember what it's called. Atlas something, right? Atlas Rising? Yeah. Uh, no, which I, no Man's Sky is back in the conversation. Join the conversation. Hashtag. Go to tout. Hashtag WWE. I don't know. Anyway, uh, there was a sale and everyone was talking about it. And I was like, uh, did you ask what is tout? <laughs> yes. It is. A, it was like a video. It's like Periscope, I think. But WWE was like really into tout for a while. Uh, I think it's still around. Um, but nobody cares. It never took off. Uh, it is just one of the like fourth tier also ran social networks. Premium sports entertainment streaming service tout. Great. Anyway, uh, the game was on sale, so I bought No Man's Sky because you talked about it uh, fondly and people seemed to... I feel like if you weren't like really hype about No Man's Sky before it came out, you really liked the game. And I was not interested in the game uh, until that point where people were like, no, it's actually pretty good. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play it. I, I have some podcasts I'm going to listen to. Uh, it seemed like an okay game for that. And I actually really like it. And it is, in fact, a perfect game to listen to some podcasts to. Um I'm still relatively early. I haven't even been to my first Atlas station yet. I don't know how deep into the game that is. I guess, like, infinite or little, depending, right? Yeah, no, like, the loop of the game never changes, so if you just want to get through the stuff you need to go to the place that is on the map, you can do that pretty quick, or you can just look around. Yeah, no, the uh, loop of going to a planet, finding what mineral they have, mining a couple thousand of it to sell, and then upgrading my, like, suit or my ship or whatever, I, I found a very nice... A uh, big ship with my first crash site, and I've been slowly unlocking slots. Though the last two to unlock, I feel like it'd be cheaper to just start saving up for a new ship than buying those last unlock slots. That is almost always true, especially at this point, because you know, that ship, the ship you have found, even as big as it is, is not going to be as big as like a really good ship. Yeah, it's like a. I think it's a twenty-seven slaughter. You could do. You could do much better. Yeah, exactly. I could do much better. In fact, I need to because I am regularly almost full. <laughs> I mean, no matter how big you are, you will always be regularly almost full. Yep. No, that's a fact of life. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> no. Uh, that game does Space Majesty so well. Just landing on a planet and seeing what horrible thing awaits you and then mining and shooting dumb sentinels and ignoring all the damn animals around. and It's a good time. You, you can feed the animals in that game to what purpose? Does it do anything for you? No, you just feed the animals. Okay, because they, like, have, like, a happy face above their head, and I didn't know if you could, like, train pets or farm them if you, like, built a base or something. I don't I don't know. I've engaged I none of those systems. I am a 1.0 No Man's Sky player and cannot confirm or deny anything that has been added in the, like, farming updates. I know there is farming, but I don't know if that includes, like, livestock. I have always assumed you just feed them because why wouldn't you? You want to make the animals happy. I just ignore the animals. Man, I'm only here. I'm only here to pluck the plants and uh, attack those mineral deposits, and then I'm out of there. You are here to increase your surplus value. Yep. 
got the lobes for commerce. You do. You said a <laughs> sentence that was the most like Ferengi thing I'd ever heard yep. about No Man's Sky, and I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't like the sentiment because that's easy. But yeah. it was the phrasing. <laughs> yeah, it was something about commerce, like like something about the game being a good vehicle for commerce or something. But I, yeah, I don't remember the exact phrasing, but the, the fact of like that game's loops just naturally get me into a go onto this planet, this tiny speck in this galaxy and try to gather up all the materials I can to try to make some scratch. And it is the most like ramshackle Ferengi simulator I could ever imagine. And I love it for it. It's very good. I like it a whole bunch. I don't want to fight anyone. I just want to sell stuff and make some money. Also, you want to like take about 30 steps and then suddenly the screen goes dark and you get as yes. it goes like journey milestone achieved. Inline achievements are usually stupid, but this game's like doubling down on them. It makes it good again. I like it a lot. It's I'm so good because the, the first ones you get are always for nothing. Yep. It's like, I, oh, you you walked a little bit. You made some money. And it, it's the same fanfare every time, and it always lasts about 15 seconds. Yep. I am uh, I am supposedly eight hours in, according to Steam, which wow. feels like it flew by. Yeah, no, that game... Oh, God. Mm. That game just eats up time. Yep. It is a life destroyer. I, I can't play it too long because I get antsy about the, its like loops, and so I, I get why people bounce off of it, but I really enjoy it. I like it mm. a lot. That's kind of... I've been playing other games, but that's maybe the only one worth talking about at this point. So let's uh, let's actually get into our stuff. Um, We actually didn't talk about this, but let's let's uh, go to a musical break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the game first and then we'll do the movie after because there's no reason to do it the other way around. That's stupid. So uh, (laughs) then we're going to talk about the movie first. (laughs) So uh, come back and we will get into the depths of pain with Max Payne, the video game, and the movie based on the video game. Game Club, this month, we played the 2001 Remedy Entertainment video game, Max Payne, starring Max Payne. Maximum Payne himself. Maximilian Payne. Maxwell Payne. (laughs) Yes, Maxus Payne. Who is a detective going down a path of revenge the game itself is a third person shooter inspired by like the matrix and john woo films with a bunch of bullet time it's like the big bullet time game and we thought we would go back and play it and fill this in because we hadn't played this before and we yeah. wanted to we wanted to like see what it was like and it, <laughs> it was something all right 
So, uh... I, you want to run down the story of Max Payne, or should I, before we talk about the actual game of Max Payne? Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts, but there's not... Let them wash over you. So Max Payne is a deep undercover agent uh, who is, like, working with the mafia to deal... Who's trafficking in this, like, new designer drug called Valkyr with a... I guess Valkyries have a Y, but whatever. Valkyr with a Y it just seems dumb. Um, and he's, like, already ready to pop off because his family was murdered, uh, like, three three years ago? Three right? Years yes, ago. 98, according to Wikipedia. So good. Good job. Anyway, uh, he, like, he has a deep cover handler who is murdered, and that, like, sets him off, and he just goes on a killing spree that ends up uncovering this conspiracy where the Russian mob and the Italian mafia are, like, engaged in this war, and in him getting, like, involved in it in deep cover and his handler being murdered, the police are after him, and so he's just fighting a war on all fronts, and it turns out to be a deep government conspiracy with a pharmaceutical company made this drug to like make super soldiers and they scrapped the project and then they just started selling it as a street drug because it makes you crazy and hallucinate or whatever and uh he takes down that whole operation and it's ridiculous max Payne murders no less than probably like 700 people in this game that's not hmm that's not enough <laughs> There's a, you just murder people nonstop. Like it's, you walk into a room and then there's like six guys in there and you shoot them and they're dead. And that happens about a hundred times throughout the game. Well, no, you walk into a room and they're going, hey, Joey, what's going on? And then you shoot them. <laughs> yes. No, you walk into a room and you hear something and you stop and they're like, I call my gun Dick Justice. <laughs> Which uh, was one of the early names for this game. Fun fact. Max Payne's a way better name than Dick Justice. Well, so it was going... Apparently, Dick Justice... Uh, I was looking it up. The games were... It was... The ideas for the name of the game were Dark Justice and Max Heat and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Max Heat. And apparently, both those are used as, like, uh, TV shows in Max Payne 3, which uh, we'll, we might play someday. I would love to play it. I don't know if we'll do it for cast, but... Um, uh, I almost bought it because it was on sale this week, and then okay. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll go on sale again. Yep. Um, and so the story is mostly told through like ridiculous voiceover in, in like the game, um, but also uh, mo like not motion comics, but like graphic novel pains with like word balloons and everything, and but, the most overwrought narration of all time. But to be clear, the graphic novel panels are like real people in costume with photographs that have been like filtered and then maybe details have been painted in they're not they're not comic book panels yes that's they're true like, they're not like art it's a guy standing there in a max Payne costume sam lake um, has got it, yeah i was gonna say gear. it's not a guy give sam lake some credit it's sam it's no, max Payne lake i know i know about sam lake i have not i have been here a while <laughs> It's pretty good. He doesn't just make the face the whole in all the comics. <laughs> no. It's, 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 the face being a joke is like, I get why it happened, but you don't look at his face in the in the CG ever. Like, you're always looking behind him. Yeah. And the actual thing is that the comic panels, everyone is kind of making like weird stock photo faces and it's totally, totally incongruous and it's amazing. Oh, there's, a, there's one where like he walks in 
on this mob boss who's like got his girl there and she's going down on him and the next panel is her coming into frame and they're both making faces like hey <laughs> yeah it is the it is the most like 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 a slide in like your sexual harassment training at an office <laughs> i've ever seen <laughs> It's really funny, and it's all. I'm. I feel like pretty much it's all intentional. Um, yeah. No. Clearly, they were like, we can't hire actual actors. Let's just get everyone in the office to do this. And they're like, none of us can act. And like, we don't need to act. If we make it campy enough, it'll play. And it does. It's great. And then, like, the voiceover is so over. Like the, there are so many. It, the game cuts to a comic book like story panel not just between levels but whenever you find something in the level that triggers it like you'll go up to a tv and there'll be uh, a new piece of information and that will be delivered in this comic book form but what that means is that every single time almost without fail max Payne describes the situation as some kind of dark metaphor <laughs> like he'll open up a like a he'll turn on the tv and go like oh the news was like a hell frozen over by prostitutes like it's it's fucking ridiculous it's that level of nonsense and it's great yeah no max Payne is the most hyperbolic character that has ever existed <laughs> there's, there's a line where he's like i've been living off uh I've been living off shotgunning weak old donuts for for ages now, and <laughs> which implies that between levels he's just been eating donuts nonstop because <laughs> he doesn't obviously get any food. But they just thought to put that line in there. There's a lot of ridiculous stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. No, Max Payne is the most hard boiled to the point of like absolute parody, which ends up being often the like the thing that I was left in with this game where it. It, it presents as incredibly self-serious to the point where the whole thing is this ridiculous cartoon. Um, the game that I most thought of while playing this uh, is jazz punk while I was playing it because so that much of sense. it, so much of it is like it's action movie pastiche to the point where like you walk into a room and there's a setup of guys and the gag is like, however, like the fight is going down or the explosion or whatever. And that read that reads basically the same as like a physical comedy gag. And so it becomes this like, this you're navigating these like weird almost abstract places because of the age of the game where like it is clearly a hotel but the hotel is like giant square rooms where like nothing is ever built this way it's way too everything's way too big and like wide and everything is kind of empty and it just feels like you're like throwing like you're you're going on this massacre through like a bunch of film sets and it's kind of amazing the way that all like barely holds together yeah, I think a lot of this game speaks to the time that it came out in the if Max Payne was released today pretty much uh unchanged in terms of tone, it would be very clearly known as a parody. But video games like coming off the 90s would like this stuff was earnest. Uh this stuff just happened without the self-awareness. Yep. Like you and you, you see that in something like, you know, matt hazard or whatever that came out after that time and feels very uncomfortable because of it but max Payne is able to be this heightened self-aware parody because it comes out in a time where that could also have just been a real game uh so it doesn't feel like it's forcing this out of a sense of uh like irony or um like, it's just doing the thing. It's just being a goofy thing. It feels very old in a way I don't think any of Max Payne could play today, and that like kind of bums me out. 
Yeah. Um, the one thing that like really like it's my favorite moment in the game uh, is it's like n- kind of the middle of act one. You yes. you round a corner and there's just some guys that are like messing with a detonator because they're like trying to like blow well, up. The- they're, they're, they're talking like, which wire do we cut? Is it the red yeah. wire or is it the blue wire? Or is it, oh, it's usually the blue wire. And, and so you, if you don't engage with them, they're like, well, well, just cut one. And they cut it and then the detonator goes off because they cut the wrong one and they explode. And you're like, well, I just, well, good. I have to move past them. And there's like, the like hallways all blasted and they're dead and there's like cracks in the walls and you go to the door that you need to get through and you go to jiggle the handle with the button and the door doesn't open but once you do that the like wall that they've the detonator was against falls in like this giant section just falls through like this giant cartoon like pratfall for you to jump through to get into the next room and the like weird absurdity of it as like oh it doesn't trigger until you try to jiggle the handle and it doesn't work is so good to me i like max Payne as a cartoon uh this donut fueled angsty ridden cartoon <laughs> yeah like it's definitely like the moment in jazz punk where you, you get the blue screen but the blue screen is a physical screen yep. you have to move back and walk around like it's that line is a very direct one in terms of design and sensibility uh and the thing that has changed more than the the games is the fact that a game like that in 2013 is going to lean into obviously being a comedy but a game like that with the similar sensibilities in 2001 can just present as a video game <laughs> yep uh and i thought that was interesting and but so aside from this like you turn cheats on pretty early yeah so I've tried to play this game because I had like the Xbox original version on my 360. I've tried oh, to no. play this game a couple times uh, in the past, and I always tap out like a couple uh, chapters in just because I found the game like really hard. Like, uh, I'm not great at shooters anyway, but when you're not like three, you know, like slow motion bullet time dodging enemies, you take like four hits and you're dead. Like, you're pretty fragile in this game, yeah. and I found it really hard to play. Um, so when we played it this time, I was like, I just kind of want to tourist mode it like I do a lot of games these days, to be perfectly honest. And uh, I just turned on cheats and enjoyed being invincible, which mostly meant like downing painkillers like crazy, because when you're fully the way it does is you can still get injured. You just can't die. So if you don't want to limp around, you have to keep downing the painkillers. <laughs> and it sucks because then you're like blinking a lot because the way it uh, shows that you've taken a painkiller is the whole screen flashes white for a few frames. Yep. Ah. <laughs> uh. But I I played it properly or without cheats for I I turned them on eventually because the final act is some hot bullshit. But um, I I played. Is more it the, of the game. is the final act where you run through the like uh that whole like string of buildings that are on fire, or is that act two? That's the end of act two. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you can get through that without dying if you don't have cheats on. Intense quick saving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because that's, so for me, that's what the game is uh, actually designed to be. It's a very quick save heavy game. It's a game about, like, those, the things it uses for the physical comedy are the things it uses as design pillars throughout. Like, in the, as the joke, you go up to the door and the thing happens. But in the game, you walk into the room and there's a guy in front of you and you start shooting them. But there's also a guy behind you. So you have to remember to dodge like you have to know that he's there there's lots of like level design tricks where around the placement of people and the what you can see that basically require you to have saved walked into a room got shot reloaded go back into the room 
uh, and then know exactly where to dive in order to not get hit to kill everyone. It feels very uh, super hot in that way. Yeah, um, but just you can never actually get as slow as you need to be in super hot. <laughs> yes, no, uh, but there are moments where it really clicks. Like when you've played it not enough and you have like acclimated to the language of the game you walk into a room you dive forward you go you shoot the guy in the head you go there's probably a guy there and then there's a guy there and then you take the three people around you out without being hit it feels great like there is a way of playing this game that once you reach it is really good and i like it oh yeah no as someone who like even if i was like invincible i always tried to play it that way until until like about the time where you have to storm the skyscraper where i was literally just walking into a room and gunning everyone down without moving (laughs) yes because the problem isn't that the game like the game reaches that peak of what i think is the uh what the game should be and the strengths of it about halfway through act two um and like if the big mansion at the end of act two was like the climax of the game in terms of difficulty i think that would be fine but it being a kind of old game it just goes completely off the deep end in terms of what it asks you to do like once- then you have to go then you have to go onto a boat then you have to go into a government lab and then you have to go entirely through a sky or like a skyscraper from bottom to top yep and they've changed the enemies so they're no longer the regular enemies and so they're SWAT guys which take way more bullets to kill because every single video game has to have blue guys uh, <laughs> uh, you forgot the part in Act Three where you were gunning down like three hundred detectives all in trench coats. <laughs> the trench coat guys are pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is really weird. Where like what you're the like the guy who was like in the in the police agency who was like the your one contact that was left turns out to be a bad guy. But when he like betrays you, suddenly every detective in the entire universe comes out as a bad guy to try and shoot you. And the like mob of them, like Blues Brothers style, just coming out of every corner, but everyone is like a 30s noir detective in a trench coat is amazing. Yeah, because it can't just be like the story wise it does just play as oh this dude uh this uh, BB I think his name was betrays yes. you uh and you're like oh baby i can't believe you've done this to me and it was he was just a cop and it was me and him we were gonna fight and then the cutscene ends and it's not me and him he runs away and it's all of new york city running at you in trench coats <laughs> and the game obviously just doesn't address that because it's like that's what video games are right like you have the part where the goons come out to fight the boss and uh, I'd rather it does. I'd rather it doesn't address that because it's way funnier. <laughs> oh, sure, but just being on the cusp of like games becoming quote unquote realistic, like as like an idea, uh, it just reads as like the broadest cartoon when that happens. Oh yeah, because I know that one of the critiques of um, three, which is not a like it, it's a pastiche in the way that Rockstar games are, but it's also in the way that Rockstar games are. It's a very serious man story about man's being sad. Uh, and in that, I know the the fact that you murder a billion guys is like a, a that was a discourse topic in 2011 when that game came out. Max Payne has already murdered a billion guys, so I'd feel like, of course, he's going to murder a billion more. <laughs> yes, uh, just to be the man that falls down at your door. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, it was good. I you you, genuinely surprised me. That's you all. Handed me, you handed it to me. Yeah, no, I'm glad you took it. Uh, so there's a club called Ragnarok. There is Ragnarok. <laughs> uh, I I thought so much about the like ridiculous rocker guys in Alan Wake when I hit when that showed up as a thing. Uh, for me, I came into that club 
and where you go through it you murder a bunch of guys blah blah, blah whatever uh and then you you finally reach the stage and obviously i go is this going to be good no that's not what happened i was on the stage sorry you you're on the stage and then i in your path directly is the guitar which you walk over and as you walk over it makes like a i've stepped on a guitar noise yep. so i so i turn around to the left of me and i see a drum kit and i think oh is this game gonna let me do this walk behind the drum kit and press e and yes it did didn't yes it, it does <laughs> like you can do pianos and stuff in rooms yeah i always interacting with the dumb like there aren't that many interaction points that are like that but the ones that are there are greatly uh appreciated by me yeah, like there aren't that many, but also in the very first room of the game, you can there's like an uh, operatable toilet, like yeah. the toilet flushes, because this is that era of games. We have we've lost our way. If yeah. you want, if you want to see an example of this thing to the extreme in terms of how like this stuff has changed in games, please go watch the like comparison video between Dead Rising One and Dead Rising Four. <laughs> no, God, right? Yes. <laughs> well, we need to link that because yeah. who it's who a, did that a, video? Uh, I can't remember the name, but it's there's no person talking. It's the guy that just does a lot of like, here's the footage, let it speak for itself type stuff. Yes, and it's and just like, it is the most depressing <laughs> thing I have ever seen. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's lots of like walking up to uh, the ways you can interact with objects in one, and then just the same things are like highly textured nothings in yep. four. It's very sad, and they and look thought like they still look worse, even though they are clearly <laughs> more art was put into them. Well, well, that's true of Dead Rising, but I think the the wider trend is like like Dead Rising Four is a particularly bad game, but yeah. the wider trend is still a thing that I think is applicable to games as a whole. Yep, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, so you go into Club Ragnarok, and uh, is that the end of ep- Chapter One? Act one, yes, because I mean? yes, that's where yeah. the, all the, the... So, um... yeah, you go into Club Ragnarok, and then there's, like, a Satanist cult there? Yep. <laughs> and there's, like, a brief moment at the end of that, and then there's a bit when you storm the, like, uh, the big mansion where you come across, like, some tarot cards. He's like, the lady of the house was into tarot and black magics. And then he, like, sits down and, like, interprets the cards in a cutscene. <laughs> He's like, He's like, I don't know what the tower meant, but death was me, and... Uh, the other thing was like, uh, it was the devil. Yeah, the devil's gonna beat those guys who are dead. (laughs) (laughs) He, I think the line was like, uh, but it was clear who who the other two were. The devil was the man at the top of the tower, and death was me coming for him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but for that moment where you like go in and at the like the deep inside of the club is like a weird cult. There's like this sense that the game might be veering into like the drugs are just a front for like an actual supernatural thing. And we'll talk about this more when we get to the movie that like takes this in the wrong direction. But I love the idea that this game could have just become about like cultists at some point. (laughs) Um, And like weird magic stuff. I want to play the version where Max Payne had to like fight the devil. It's called, Fahrenheit. Um, that's not the same type of game, but yeah, I guess I should probably play that. I thought the enemy in that game was the internet. I haven't played that game, to be fair. Oh, okay. All I know is that that game goes from being like a detective story into some real supernatural bullshit. So I, okay, but I, I thought I thought it was like I thought it was like Ghost of the Machine. You fight like a consciousness online or something in that game. That's dumb. <laughs> this shows how little we know about Indigo Prophecy. Oh, yeah. Fahrenheit nine eleven. I was about to say Indigo Prophecy 911, but I thought that'd be a dumb joke. So thank you. <laughs> Good. We've been doing this for too long. <laughs> oh. But instead, the way that the game pivots is that 
after the end of Act 2, when basically most of Act 1 and 2, in fact, I'd say all of it is all just you and the mob and this quest of revenge that goes all the way to the top of the mob uh, as you, like, murder every single criminal in New York City. Except the Russian one who's kind of your friend because he's, like, the old kind of criminal with honor. Yeah, he's like, hey, if you get out of this, come see me. I can give you a job. And it's good because, like, he says... says, uh, um, like, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. I've always wanted to say that. And you're like, that's dumb. Piss off. <laughs> but then immediately afterwards, he's like, this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. And he just keeps doing it. <laughs> <laughs> they know. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Like, there's, it goes, it goes, it commits to its bits. Yep. Um, but no, instead you get G-Men. <laughs> you get, no, you get super government swap forces and then G-Men. And then you get the G-Men betraying the swap forces as this fantastic line where the SWAT guy's like, my men are still in there. Well, you're going to turn, you're going to blow the facility? And then he goes, oh, what's the operation called? He's like, do you not know what Operation Dark Eye means? No, it's Dead Eyes. It's Dark. Dead Eyes. <laughs> operation Dead Eye means? Yeah, and just shoot him. <laughs> yep. And you have to go to the government lab and find out that, like, the Valkyr drug was for super soldiers. So, at the end of Act 2, you're, like, when you meet the actual villain of the, who's, like, the lady who runs this, the Acer Corporation, who's built this drug or whatever, she doses you with it and, like, leaves you for dead or whatever. Yes, she just leaves. (laughs) Yes, uh, and you have this, like, wild hallucination, because she kills the mob guy you've been after the entire game and just walks away after dosing you, and it's very dumb, but, uh... You have this like hallucination where Max Payne is reliving like the nightmare of like his family being killed, whatever, because he does that all the time. But this time, like there's a there's like a phone ringing and uh, there's a newspaper or there's like a piece of uh, paper first. Right. There's a news. There's, there's a piece of paper on the desk and then there's a phone ring on the other side of the desk. Yeah. Two interaction points. Yeah. Does, does the paper have anything weird or is the paper just plot stuff? I don't actually remember. The this paper stuff. has no. No, the paper at first is some weird writing, and then oh, the paper right. is yes. the comic book. Like, because there's three yeah, so, stages. So, so, so you yes, pick yes. you pick up the paper, and it's like something he can't decipher, right? Yes. And then he picks up the phone, and then the phone is like, uh, like weird words. But then he like realizes he's in a comic strip, right? No, 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 no. This is the like the phone is also nonsense. But then the second time you look at the paper and the paper. Oh yeah, is so comic so you leave the room and then it loops back around, very like uh, Stanley Parable style, basically. And you're mm-hmm. in the same room and you look at the paper again and it's like the photos of the comic strip, right? That's when that yeah. happens. And he's like, oh, it's everything that happened. I was in a comic strip. It's very weird. I don't understand it. And like he like sees the panels and like sees the narration of the thing he's like he's said before and is very baffled by it. And then he goes to pick up the phone and inside the phone is like the realization that he's in a video game. He like sees the health bars and hears dialogue from before the game or like in the earlier in the game and stuff. Uh, I don't know. The phone. So because the, the video game thing is the, is the papers on the third go around. I don't know what the phone is. Yes, it definitely is the papers. Okay. But yeah, so he goes through this like weird levels of awareness where like he's, doesn't know what's going on when he's drugged. And then he realizes he's like his whole life is being represented by a like a visual novel style. And he's very confused by that. And then he realizes that that visual novel style is just in the service of a video game because he sees the health bars and the HUD and everything and understands that that's happening. And what that means to me is that this drug just allows people to realize like they're like, oh, it never worked because it made everyone hallucinate. But actually, it just gave them the awareness <laughs> that they're in a video game. Yes. <laughs> it was like actually the most successful drug in the universe. Because <laughs> what the drug does 
when you come into like users is it just turns them into video game enemies yep (laughs) (laughs) and they just go from hanging about to rushing you yeah but that's just because they realize they're aware their like sense of place in the actual universe and that they're fictional characters in a video game (laughs) yep uh which i you know if you could uh, create soldier like whatever is to convince soldiers that they're in a video game uh he it would probably be actually really successful i mean that's basically the plot of metal gear solid 2 vr training yep <laughs> i was that's, like ready to say that's that, actually but... that's actually the plot of uh the war we've been fighting in the middle east for the last 15 years <laughs> huh america's army out now yep <laughs> Call of Duty. The greatest generation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun times. And that is absolutely the peak of Max Payne because Act 3 is just a goddamn nightmare. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's not like the game's good, but because it's from this era of games, it makes everything like you think you would think the as a game gets to its end it kind of thins out a bit and it does at some points like act two definitely thins out a lot but instead it goes the other way where you just get rooms of dudes just waves of guys huge skyscrapers to climb just throwing everything at you and it's all too hard and even when you turn cheats on it's all too uh it's just too much it's too much to deal with and then on top of that there's just terrible platforming like the worst bit in the whole game is a maze that you do twice but the second time the maze is so the first time the maze is in darkness uh and you have to do a little bit of light platforming in order to find your way to your screaming child second time the maze is in darkness in slow motion and has multiple levels and you have to bullet time sideways jump from platform to platform in order to reach your screaming child. also these platforms are like narrow trails of blood in a void and if you fall off you just fall off and die it's hell. It's the worst thing that's ever been put in a video game. Yep. Yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks a lot. Also, like, from 50% into 70, 75% in that game, there's a lot of, like, jumping over and, like, getting around laser beams attached to explosives. It's really stupid. Yeah, when you get to Act 3, they suddenly add it, because... Because of how the game is about basically spatial awareness and tricks with level design that you have to be aware of in order to progress, one of the tricks they throw in, which is a terrible trick is you then need to be work out for okay there's going to be a laser on this wall and when i walk into the path of laser it sets up a bomb so before i walk into the path of laser i have to find where the bomb is and shoot it which is a very basic like platformy level design concept but sucks yep uh and then like when you get to the lab there's like this inexplicable half-life-esque moment where you have to like rescue a lab technician and escort him to an airlock control so he can operate the door for you to get through into the deep lab you don't rescue him you rescue you let him out and he's like oh thank god i've been rescued and then you put point your gun in his face and go not until you help me go back down there and the instant he opens the door for you he is murdered (laughs) like the like yeah obviously Yep, because this happens uh, with the train guy at the start of the game. Yeah, and then when you come back out, you have to like trigger an explosion. You have to trigger one of those like bombs that they've placed to open the door to like force it open. Otherwise, you die. Yep, like it's it's just it's just confusing. And I've heard really good things about Max Payne Two in terms of how it refines the stuff. Like people describe Max Payne Two as Max Payne with a lot less bullshit. Yep. Uh, 
so i'm i i'm very excited i watched the like opening of that to see what it was like it seems way more assured of itself okay mona's back in that right i think it's mona i mean i always thought mona's from the second game but i don't yeah. know who, who i assume she is both she is both in this game and mysteriously dies in a way that she is clearly not dead in this game mm-hmm so I assume she's like shot in the, for people at home. She's like shot in the head in an elevator and then the doors close. You're like, you're like escaping in the, in the, like, uh, in the high rise. You, get, you go to get in the elevator and she's there and she's shot in the head and she falls into the elevator and the doors close. And then they open up again. There's just a blood stain there and she's gone and you never see her again. Yeah. I, I, I think it's murder and two. I always thought two, but I, I know it's a love story. I know that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on the cover. Yeah. But I'm assuming that's still Mona. Yeah. I assume so also. Uh, Mona's great because everything about her like sounds like the coolest thing, but she just seems like a soccer mom in the images. <laughs> yes, Mona has some of the best like translations of cool character to someone in the office. Yep, it's very good. Yep, uh, and then you go to the top of the building, and then you inexplicably have like a weird puzzle final boss fight because <laughs> the helicopter's trying to escape, and so you have to shoot the cords holding up the ant- antenna the big tower antenna yeah in order to make it fall on the helicopter and so you you go up to you go you can reach one really easily and you just shoot the little thing and the cord snaps but then the other one is behind a lock gate that you can't get through and so you have to snipe through the gate to hit that lock yeah no you have to basically stand where the other thing is and look over across the tower and oh i hold- i sniped it i sniped it from between the bars of the gate you can do it there too Okay. Um, but then what happens? Then you have to like shoot the giant tower, the grenade launcher to let it finally fall over on the helicopter, which then proceeds to like the entire platform crashes into the street, causing millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. Thankfully, it's like a snowy blizzard in the middle of the night. So no one's going to be around, but it would have murdered hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah. And then you cut back to like the start of the game where he's standing on top of the city. Cause there's also a dumb flash forward for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yep that's just that's where the game ends right yeah it just because well, it's where it's i know it's where the movie ends i don't remember if that's where the game ends like the, the game ends with him being like escorted to the poli- to the station and being taken in for booking as they're like well you, you've done some illegal shit max Payne, and you have to answer for this uh but max trusts that the, like the friend in high place he has earned through the game will uh, take care of the damage and he'll be a free man soon and it's like i saw word into the smile he was smiling the smile of a winner so was i oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, max Payne's really dumb i'm really glad we played it because i never would have played through this and discovered the weird good goofy shit in this game if we had my not. lord <laughs> <laughs> i must my lord <laughs> but my um, lady you cannot <laughs> Yeah, all the TV stuff is great. There's a really good Twin Peaks thing in there. Uh, it was the the second one. I don't remember what yeah. it was called, but uh, I yep. know I knew it was a Twin Peaks thing. It was a Black Lodge riff. Yeah, Black Lodge riff. There's people talking backwards. There's a scary flamingo. Yeah, uh, but I still haven't seen Twin Peaks. Even I, I I didn't see Twin Peaks quick enough, so now I'm cursed to have Twin Peaks explained to me through Twitter.com. It's almost over. I know almost over then you can be free until you decide to watch it someday yeah and then i'll yell at you about season two yep 
yeah, no, we can't talk about Twin Peaks here, but I really like Twin Peaks season two. I liked season three, like genuinely a lot more, but uh, season two was like my favorite of, I like the goofy shit in Twin Peaks. So season two always appealed to me. Someone who has similar sensibilities in dumb shit. <laughs> Very yeah. excited. Yeah. If you thought Max Payne was goofy. I did. Oh, also Mr. Scratch is in this game. <laughs> Well, yeah. So uh, when you're hallucinating, when you like discover you're in a video game, at the end of that, you go into the room where your wife was murdered and there's just an evil Max Payne ghost there, basically, that you have to fight. Um, I'm going to confront the killer of my wife in my mind. It's me. I am Darth Vader. And then there's like this amazing cutscene where it's Max Payne, like grieving over his wife. And then behind him is the ghost evil Max Payne that just has like glowing eyes and wears a suit. And it reminded me so much of Mr. Scratch from American Nightmare, which is clearly the best thing Remedy's ever done. Uh, that I, I was so upset that Remedy doesn't make games that anyone cares about anymore. What are you talking about? Iceman was employed. <laughs> They made an actual television show and managed to mess it up. How do they do that? That was their whole thing. They hired real actors. Yeah, no, I guess that's fair. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you even doing, Remedy? If you haven't watched Jackson play through all of Alan Wake, it's great. Alan I, Alan Wake's not a game people should play, but watching Jackson suffer through it, there's good stuff towards the end of that game. Yeah, no, so Max Payne's good because you're like, oh, right, they did just make a actually good game because the game part even though it is bad in a lot of the ways that games of this era like the sensibilities of and now you have a thousand dudes to fight and some really bullshit platforming stuff is a very like that would not fly in a game now but it's not uh it's not unique to max Payne. um yeah. so it's nice saying oh they made a game that was totally good and like had some really cool ideas and everyone loved and i understand why remedy is a thing that is beloved even though i'm sure that's barely the same company anymore yeah um, i have no idea well, they just they just became huge in the way that a yep. lot of uh, these these companies did. But Max Payne still had uh, Alan Wake still has like some of that. You can see the connection there. It's way less, but you still fight a group of like shadow creatures while uh, on a stage, a concert stage, as music plays. <laughs> Mister Scratch is the best. Yeah, no, he's my favorite. I think that's kind of it for Max Payne. I also think that is it for Max Payne. Tune Jackson, in next time. Let's talk, talk about, about Max, Max Payne. So our movie club this month is Max Payne, a 2008 film directed by John Moore, who has directed the fifth Die Hard movie. I don't remember the name of it. A, a Good Day to Die Hard, is that it? Uh, yes, Prepare for Rhyming Speed. Yes. Uh, this is written by uh, Bo Thorne. In it, 
Mark Wahlberg plays Detective Max Payne, who is part of the NYPD cold case unit because he's so distraught about his wife and child being murdered several years ago. Um, he continues to like work the case in his spare time and everyone's like, oh, leave him alone. That man's haunted. And he gets uh, on the case when he meets a, a lady named Natasha Sachs, who's played by, uh, I, man, I'm never going to be able to pronounce <laughs> that on. name. Olga Kurl... Kurilenko? Kurilenko, probably? She's in Quantum of Solace as the lady you don't remember because Quantum of Solace is a bad movie. Anyway, uh, she is addicted to a drug called Valkyr, and uh, he and her like have this moment, and she tries to sleep with him, and he's like, no, 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 I'm too busy being sad. And she leaves only to turn up dead, and he's implicated because she stole his wallet, and it's a problem. Uh, and that brings in her sister Mona, who is a hit woman played by Mila Kunis. And the two of them decide to research who killed uh, this lady and also maybe Max's wife because it's all tied into Valkyr, which is a drug uh, created by the Acer Corporation that was used for soldiers to create a super soldier. But the drug didn't work and it made people crazy. And then they started selling it as a street drug. And Max Payne has to follow it all the way to the top and bring them down. This movie's terrible. <laughs> this movie's really bad. <laughs> so what they did to Max Payne is they took out the part where he like dives and shoots people a lot and instead made him really sad all the time. Um, and instead of like the weird cult stuff or the weird meta narrative uh, fiction that's in the game Max Payne, when people use the drug, they see these like Valkyr demons uh, that look like the like Batman demon that Scarecrow sees in Batman Begins basically. Um, and it drives them crazy or they kill themselves or like they run out of windows. All the horrible things happen to them. Uh, and other than that, it is kind of the same plot, but terrible. The, the oh. introduction of Max Payne where like, <laughs> it's like a new guy on the job being shown into the cold case office. And That's Max not Payne the introduction is the of Max Payne. Is it not? What what the is? The introduction of Max Payne is the scene where he is born identity under the water. Oh right, right. Down. But that's not that's not important here. What's important it is, is important this, because no, no, no. You can come back world. to it. Just let me okay. finish. The, the the introduction of Max Payne, like in narration of the universe or whatever, is this guy is like showing to basically a really awful fire file clerk job in the like bowels of this police station, and Max Payne is behind a desk diligently working away with two guns. Just wearing them outright in the middle of this desk job, like dressed like a plainclothes detective, and it's the dumbest thing in the world. And because there's no voiceover in this movie, because by the way, there's no voiceover in this movie. No, there's no voiceover in this movie. You, there is for the first scene, but it's not like a, a thing that they do. So you just get the scene where this guy goes up to him and goes, Hey, do you want to go out? For, you know, do you want to go get a drink later? Because we're both in this shitty cold case unit. And Max just looks at him, and somewhere there's a voiceover going like, he couldn't understand the pain that I'm a, he felt. I'm a big, but bright, shining star. I'm a big, bright, shining star. <laughs> yeah, no. Somewhere that voice ever exists, but not in this movie. So instead you just get a silent shot of him looking at this guy and then he runs away. But no, the reason I was so adamant that that was not the introduction to Max Payne is because the actual introduction to the pathos of Max Payne is a flashback in the start of this movie Uh to the murder of his wife and child, which you know that has happened because he opens a door with, like, uh, Pulp Fiction yellow inside as the door opens, and the door just says baby on it. So you know yes. that's his baby. Though the movie doesn't actually tell you that his wife and child were murdered until halfway into the goddamn film. 
I guess because I had just played the video game Max yeah. Payne. I'd, yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. No, they did not actually spell out that's what happened until deep into the film. Yeah, but and it's like plain as like a reveal, even though it's clear that that's what happened to him. But on the other hand, he walks into a room marked baby and starts crying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can put two and two together. I may not be Detective Max Payne, but <laughs> I've 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 done some time here watching nope. films. Oh, it's nobody so fires nobody fires a gun for like an hour in this film. Yes, the first gunfight is an hour in. Like Max Payne, Max fires a gun in yes. like twenty minutes in, but in like cutout shots, and it just hard cuts to him waking up in hospital. Yeah, and the mystery is all what happened there. Um, Mark Wahlberg's terrible. I don't think he's been in a good movie that's not Boogie Nights, basically. Like, and that's only that's only built around the fact that Mark Wahlberg can't act. Like, that's literally the gimmick in that movie. <laughs> we looked down the list of because recently there was a news story saying that Mark Wahlberg is the highest paid actor in 2017, and then we went, okay, has what has he done that isn't Boogie Nights that was good? There has to be some stuff. I know he's been in movies. There's fucking nothing. Like, I haven't seen The Departed, but there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, he, he works in The Departed mostly because he gets to lean into his accent really hard. And everyone else is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's terrible as Max Payne. He just looks kind of, like, sleepy. Because he's, like, trying to play a man wrought by, like, pathos. But instead, he just seems kind of dazed by the world. But um, also, like, in the writing of the movie, it does my least favorite thing that a lot of these types of films with, like truly driven protagonists do where every single problem that actually happens in the movie is created by the fact that max doesn't say anything yep. like, all he needs to do at the start of this movie is go oh yeah no she was in my apartment it's fine it's nothing to do with me and then it's fine he's free like <laughs> like there's no reason for him to charge into the office uh, like into the homicide office and lock the door and then jump out the window there's no reason for him to do that but he does do that in this movie <laughs> He does do that. Yep. No, he fights cops more than he fights, like, mobsters in this movie, I feel like. They're not... Are they I couldn't... So, uh, my initial assumption, because of the way it's played, is that the SWAT team that he fights is, like, a internal Aesir SWAT team. Yeah. No, but they are also a SWAT team that the rest of the police don't seem to, like, really be bothered by. Yeah. But then, Ludacris, who is a cop... Uh, <laughs> um, starts like commanding. Uh, like, you command? mean Internal Affairs Lieutenant Jim Bravura, because uh, he sorry, is because yes. everyone has a stupid name in this. Let me go down the list of because I know like there's BB who is now Max's old friend. Yes, who is played by Bo Bridges, the only person who actually realizes that he's in a campy, stupid movie and is just hamming it up. <laughs> he is having it up because you you spend one scene with him, and you're like, oh, he's he's evil. Yeah, no, he's clearly they've made him the big bad, which is dumb because they still have the lady who's the big bad in the game, but she's like both basically been sidelined so these two guys can shoot each other at the end of the movie. Yes, but she's also the actual big bad. <laughs> Like, yeah she's still the one who's made all the decisions this bb guy is just an idiot <laughs> yeah but at the end it's about him fighting bb not about him fighting the lady yeah because she just kind of like lets him die <laughs> yep. uh and she, she she survives like she's she's at the end of the movie like yeah yep. we got oh, i'm looking at these names no i don't think anyone's got a more ridiculous name than internal affairs agent uh lieutenant jim bravara yeah there is uh Alex Boulder. <laughs> yep. And uh, 
outside of that, the only good person here is Mila Kunis, who is only good because she seemingly doesn't really care that she's in this movie. So she just shows up with like her normal voice, trying to speak Russian and looking very severe in black clothes, firing an Uzi. And it's not good, but it's better than everything else. I'll take it. <laughs> There's a moment like right before the final act where it cuts to her looking out a window and I had forgotten she was in this movie because she gets that little to do. Yeah, she just disappears for whole swaths of the film. <laughs> and her action scenes are shot really... like So, all the action scenes are terrible. The movement is just the most... It's somehow more fake than the game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't know how to... I was watching this movie and put some clips on Twitter and there's a bit where she like hits Max in the face and the way it cuts on the impact is like the least believable. Like they don't match action at all and she just hits air and you can tell uh, the sound effect doesn't even line up. It's it's just incompetent filmmaking. Yeah. Uh, and the way her th- like action scenes are shot is she just like she comes in with her ridiculous trench coat and MP5 or whatever and flatly shoot someone barely reacting with her body and then you see like the squibs or cgi blood go off and then they fall over and it's the most fake looking scenes ever and they're somehow even worse than max's scenes because of how like she just always stands completely straight perfect like very neutral gun angle but making a very badass face the thing the thing it reminds me of is that uh chicks with guns video in jackie brown is that it yep. is that when you absolutely positively have to kill a guy <laughs> no except no substitutes yeah uh yeah she's just standing there and she instead of a bikini she's just in like all black with a very long trench coat like blithely firing an uzi at people this movie came out way too far after the matrix for it to feel as like the matrix as it does and not like but like, like- the speed ramping stuff isn't even interesting. It's not even That's like... That's not what I meant when I meant feels okay. like the Matrix. I meant you went into a, like a club and everyone's like in leather and there's like weird neon lights everywhere. Yep. Because the part uh, where it's actually meant to be like the Matrix, it doesn't do. Yeah. No. Because there's like maybe two or three speed ramp scenes in this and they're not even like Zack Snyder like overdone speed ramping. It's just... A weird slow motion thing where Max doesn't even actually do anything interesting and some explosions happen because there's not a lot of like really elaborate CG like spin arounds like the Matrix has or even like the one or something that's like really good about ridiculous speed ramping. Let me tell it to you about the one. (laughs) Yeah, no, you want to talk about a good movie. Jet Li versus Jet Li in the one. Yeah, that's a that is a good movie. Recommend ordering some pizza and watching the one. (laughs) <laughs> and so the 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 only thing that's left is that the awful like moments where it turns into constantine for no good reason okay i was also thinking of constantine because constantine's great <laughs> yeah i know but when so we cut back to the very beginning where max is being thrown into the river as the guy's like you're gonna go there's all a bunch of bodies in this river you're gonna join them and he throws him in with like a fucking like weight tied to his feet and inside the river is just this ridiculous tableau of like a bunch of bodies all tethered to the bottom of the river that just exist in this weird sin city space where like dozens of people can be right under the pier and nobody's gonna pay attention or notice uh and he's there and he doses himself with Valkyr because it's going to prevent him from dying of hypothermia because it's the middle of winter because it's snowing because Max Payne. But that means for the entire like last 20 minutes of the movie, Max Payne is tripping balls. I just want to, before before we do this this final segment, I want to actually talk about how why he doesn't drown. Which is, he enters the room 
where his wife and child were murdered and they're like no it is not your time you have to go back (laughs) god i forgot about that jesus (laughs) so he decides to return to life break through the ice and ingest super soldier serum in order to trip balls and murder bb Which mostly means that he sees a lot of demons, but also that sometimes the, like, sky catches on fire and all the snow turns to, like, flaming ash and it just turns into, like, a weird... When Constantine goes to hell, that's just what happens every single time. Yep. God, Constantine's good. Why are there so much better movies than Max Payne? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Name me infinitely better movies than Max Payne. All of them. (laughs) Every single one. Uh, you said that Death Note Netflix movie is better than Max Payne. Is that true? Is yes! that still true? Was that hyperbole? <laughs> that was not like Death Note. The new Death Note movie is terrible, and I don't like it. And it's especially bad if you're someone who like likes Death Note as a thing. But <laughs> it's, it's especially bad if you like this thing. <laughs> but, but like Max Payne doesn't even match action on a simple punch. Like it's incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> this guy got to direct a Die Hard film, Jackson. <laughs> Uh, that's the movie he made after this yeah Uh, they saw this movie and were like what if this guy directed Die Hard it's punishment for I I think the same guy may have written Die Hard 5 as well oh both Thorn guy oh I need to check it might be wrong no it's Skip Woods that's another terrible right I I don't know who both Thorn is then sorry Bo if you're listening okay great 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 do you read the thing about this movie was originally rated R and the director was really mad because it came out around the same time as Dark Knight? He's like, that movie's way more violent than this one. Yeah, but then in this movie, a guy gets shot through the stomach with a shotgun and a fountain of blood erupts through the sh- for his chest. Yeah, no, I know. Also, Max Payne ends the movie by getting shot multiple times with a machine gun and it really doesn't bother him much. And then, like, he's about to kill BB. <laughs> And he just gives a line, like, BB gives a line, like, I don't remember what it was, but basically, oh, are you waiting for my confession, or is, is this everything you wanted, or blah, blah, blah. And obviously Max just shoots him. And then the movie ends. There's no yeah, ending. There's, like, the SWAT teams behind him, ready to arrest him or whatever. But there's a post credit scene. Did you not watch that? No. God, because oh. the movie didn't end. And I, so what? So Tell- in the post in the post credit scene, uh, Max and Mona meet up at a bar, and there's he, she shows him a newspaper where it's like Acer's uh, stock through the roof because they didn't kill the actual bad guy. And then they're like they're like nodding, they're like smug at each other about like we're gonna go get her. And then that's it. <laughs> Max Payne two coming soon. Yeah, no, exactly. Clearly, they're going to make that movie someday on the tenth anniversary <laughs> next year. Max Payne two. Mark Highest Wahlberg. paid actor in Hollywood <laughs> returns. He's going to use all that money. The Wikipedia page says in order to recreate the bullet time effect used in games, the technique he used is called boom vision. Boom vision. <laughs> boom There vision. goes the boom vision. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A contest was held between visual effects teams to see who could create the best drug induced hallucinations. <laughs> They're not great. It's a bad movie. I hate it so much. I can't believe you made me watch this. Uh, whatever. We'll watch any any game we cover that has a film adaptation. We'll probably watch it. This is a promise to you. That's we not watch terrible movies all the time. Just we never like watched a, Hitman. We normally watch uh, these terrible movies together. We didn't do it this time because we didn't want to burn cast. But 
you were ex- expecting that, and I was like, we'll have nothing to talk about because we'll already have made all the jokes. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Instead, I just put some clips on Twitter. Uh, my favorite being the one where Olga is whatever her name is, because uh, I can't pronounce it, sorry, uh, is trying to be very sexy. And obviously Max is like insulted because it's defacing the memory of his perfect wife. Uh, but the way the camera expresses this is with a, about a three second hard zoom in on his face uh, before he says or reacts. Yep. <laughs> and he just kind of turns his head like... <sighs> it's so funny. Uh, yep. There's another great moment where Ludacris is running up some stairs and his hat falls off. That's it. Those are yeah. two good moments in the film. Uh, there is the hilariously like offensive genre stupid moment where the bad guy who like the the heavy bad guy who's like this like drug dealer that has wings tattooed on his face. They show a footage of him being interviewed when he's in the military and he's just like the most normal man. Yep. He's like, well, no, the drug doesn't make me afraid at all. And then, like, the actual, like, normal present time version of the guy is just like, there's, oh, I am brown and tattooed and evil. And action movies, they never change. They never change. Max Payne's bad. Don't watch it. Max Payne's good. You should play it. These are our takes. <laughs> These are our takes. Please enjoy these takes. I saw this movie in a theater. <laughs> I didn't. I saw it in bed. Uh, yeah, no, I, this was at a time where I was kind of seeing pretty much anything that came out in any given week. Like we would just go to the movies every week. And if there wasn't anything good, we'd just end up seeing movies like Max Payne. Um, that's why you don't do that. <laughs> I remember not hating this movie when I saw it back then. Uh, I was young and dumb, I guess, because this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> you were like, oh, maybe, maybe. I remember the like weird drug hallucinations being all right. Uh, and yeah. I guess they are, but they suck in the context of the movie. We forgot to talk about the actual best part of this movie, Jackson. Did we? When Max and Mona are investigating, they go to a tattoo shop. <laughs> because everyone has wing tattoos. And there is the most grizzled tattoo man in the entire world. And when they look at the book and they point out their like, wing tattoo. Because uh, of- one, he mis- he doesn't see originally where Mark Wahlberg points. And he's like, oh, you're in the Marines? Because he points to a Marine's tattoo. <laughs> he's like, can I have this tattoo? Like, what's this tattoo? And like, just comfortably next to the tattoo is a Marine's tattoo. He's like, oh, you're in the Marines? <laughs> he's like, no, this one. And then he's like, that one. And then he pulls out a giant tone. <laughs> of Norse mythology and goes on about the Valkyries. He doesn't pull it out. He slides it over because it yes. was already there. Oh, what a beautifully stupid thing. That guy deserves every penny he made on that movie. And he's, he's like great. speaking an octave lower than even any of the most grizzled guys in this movie. You know, like, well, in the Norse mythology, you have to die in battle <laughs> if you want to go to Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh god right no you're right shit yep. and, and while the scene is going on Mila Kunis is kind of awkwardly standing in the background <laughs> yeah because I don't think she has any lines in that sequence she's just there she's just there getting a paycheck god yep. bless <laughs> that's it we're done talking about Max Payne don't watch this movie don't watch it you you can watch many worse movies or better movies than this uh, don't do it just don't do it My lady, wait. My lord. My lady, this is a surprise finding you here. Were you looking for me by chance? My lord, I... I was... Oh, this is so difficult. My lady? 
My lord, I came to see you, but now that I am here, I can see that this was a dreadful mistake. My lady, no. Surely I... My lord, I should go. Should anyone see us together, your reputation would be ruined. My lady, stay. My lord, please, forgive me. My lady! So we find ourselves at the end of this episode, Jackson. How do you feel about our pain journey? Oh, I feel tired. We have another podcast recording. this. <laughs> oh, we do? Did we do it that? We do it that? Yeah. We'll probably be shorter than this. If you have questions, we didn't have any this month, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Next month, we decided to do some short episodes because we're going to turn this around and record uh, next week because uh, our October game, getting a little ahead of ourselves, is Final Fantasy X, and we need a lot of time for that because it's long as shit. Um, so we're recording a bunch of small games, some of which were suggested by people on the Patreon um, and others we threw in. We have Ridiculous Fishing from Vlambeer. Radiator 2 by Robert Yang, Balloon Fight from Nintendo, Burn Band, Burn Band, blah, blah, blah. Burn Band by Tom Vander Bogart, uh, and Gravity Bone by Brendan Chung. Uh, these are games, most of them are free. Uh, I mean, Balloon Fight, I guess, costs money, but you know how to get a hold of that. It's an NES game. Ridiculous Fishing, you can find on your phone. It's like probably like three or four bucks. It, you know. I feel like everyone bought Ridiculous Fishing years ago. You probably have it. Redownload it or something. Everything else is free. Uh, we'll just be doing a grab bag of those. Uh, it'll be fun, I hope. We don't normally cover games that small. Um, so it'll be an adventure for all of us. Uh, Radiator 2 is on Steam. You can find it there. It's a free on Steam. So It's going to be an experiment for us. I hope it turns out good. Because we've, we've never really done like a bunch of games in one episode as like a grab bag type situation. Because we've always thought, oh, how do we cover smaller games when like we need something that can sustain a full discussion? Um, we're trying. We're trying this out. Jackson, please plug yourself and all of our other shows. Oh, that's so many things. Okay, I am at Headfalls Off on Twitter. That's where you can find all the dumb posts that get retweeted everywhere. Uh, I am in other shows, such as Second Officer Slog at Star Trek Podcast.space, uh, where me and Em will take you through the universe of Star Trek books. It's very silly. Come on down. Uh, I also do the Amory score with Molly. Uh, where we talk you through the far stupider universe of uh, Cohen and Cambria's songs and comic books. It's there's a there's a dumb one coming up. There's a very dumb one coming up. I guess it will already be out by the time this podcast is out. So go go check that. Uh, uh, I occasionally do goof zone. There's one in the can. I think it might come out. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But I do that podcast, and there will be another one eventually. Uh, at yep. Destiny's say. Destiny's really busy the next couple of weeks, but that's going to shake out sooner or later. Okay, then, then then this one is more likely to go up if we're not able to record another one. We are going to finish recording this podcast, and we are starting a new project called the Great Gundam Project. <laughs> it is a by our calculations an eight year long podcast. What it is is we are going to watch two episodes of Gundam every week and give you our takes on them and it can be listened to by anyone who is paying uh one dollar a month or more for the patreon we we hope that that's reasonable uh it's not too expensive and it's a nice little bonus for those of you who have been supporting us uh it is going to be a weekly show a weekly short show where we talk about gundam it is completely uh accessible to new gundam beginners if you have just if you've never watched Gundam and want to watch along, feel free. We have not seen the show before. We are not going to be talking about 
like, oh, this is going to feed into this thing later on because I, I know some things, but they're mostly just hearsay from Twitter. I don't actually know anything. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a long journey. Gundam starts at... We're starting at the start and we're ending at the end. And that means release order. So yep. 30 plus years of Gundam. Yep. Uh, by the time this episode's up, the first episode will be up. That The first episode will be free. You can go to patreon.com slash mapping to see it. It'll be on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Uh, everything else will be for $1 and above patrons using the Patreon's RSS. You know how this works. You probably support a Patreon. If you do not, go to patreon.com slash mapping. Uh, support us. $1 gets you a uh, weekly update and that and this pod or the new podcast and the ability to vote on games. Uh $5 gets you weekly writing by me and Jackson that is, by all accounts, very good. Uh, and the ability <laughs> to suggest games or books or whatever for us to read or w play or whatever we do for in our various podcasts. $10 or more gets you on a podcast every six months. We will probably be bringing on people in December, January, right? That's yeah, when we, the first wave of that happens. We've been, uh, the, the final month, the, the first, yeah, the sixth month will be November. So at some point in December, we'll start reaching out to uh, people who have been subscribed at that level to ask them whether they want to be on the show or whether they just want to dictate shit to us. Like, if you're not able to be on the show, you'll work something out. We'll do something. Yeah. We'll make something nice happen. Not everyone wants to be on a podcast. I don't understand, but I guess I understand. <laughs> Yeah, but some of them really want us to make us do some bullshit or play a video game that they really want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can find this podcast at thebestgame.club. You can find me at EM underscore being. There are Let's Plays of Life is Strange continuing on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, type in the name. This episode also is on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, you're already there. Uh, please subscribe. <laughs> please tell your friends about the podcast. Support the Patreon. Do all the things you need to do. We'll be back next month with more video games. Really, I'm a psycho. <laughs> you knew I am a psycho. I told you I'm a psycho. Psycho, psycho, psycho. You knew I'm a psycho. I told you I'm a psycho.
Cause really I'm a psycho